Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marty, and excited to have you with us this afternoon for our show called Getting It Together, How to Organize Your Life. We're going to just check in real quick and find out if our guest is here. Lisa, are you with us this afternoon? We're doing wonderful. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, we have a little technical difficulty on this end here, and so we're going to uh, go ahead and start here. I'm going to do a little intro, and then I'll bring you back in in a moment, Lisa, Okay. Okay. All right, well, we are so excited to have you guys with us today, and when technical difficulties happen, we just kind of roll with it, just like real life, and always exciting uh, to figure out how to make things work when they aren't working, right? I do a lot of praying. I I use the 911, Jesus, 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 a whole lot. Uh, So today we are doing a program called Get It Together, how to Organize Your Life. And our guest today is Lisa Geisler. I'll introduce her in a moment, but I want you to know that right now, if you grab some kind of a notepad during the next hour, you're going to learn so much from Lisa. And we are going to be able to dive deep into all these things, but we're going to hit them on the top surface, and then you can dig deeper later uh, with her or at her site or whatever. But today during this hour, you're going to discover the five top reasons to get more organized starting right now. Also, the three types of clutter and how they affect your path to organization, how to get beyond temporary surface-only organization solutions and what that really means, the very first step to take towards your new organized, uncluttered life, yay, why being organized is freeing versus confining and why it can't result in perfection. We're going to talk about that a little. Also, calendar organization strategies, how to declutter your internal spaces, why things always get messy on the journey toward getting better, Inside strategies for getting to sleep and getting going in the morning, a simple habit to adopt every day, and the power of accountability and when to call in reinforcements. Our guest today is Lisa Geisler of lisageisler.com. She's a published author, speaker, and professional organizer. She's a native of New Orleans, married, and mother of two. She enjoys a career of helping others to create an enjoyable and productive life with uncluttered souls and spaces. Welcome. Okay, Lisa. (laughs) So excited to have you here. Hi, welcome. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) is right. (laughs) Right, just running like crazy. Um, So it's kind of interesting that all these, uh, we had some hiccups before the show and as the show started and now in the show already and this is a show about getting organized and I want us to just dive right down to that one about how being organized doesn't ever result in perfection because honestly Lisa I think that's what we all want we all want to get it all really right and have it all together and have never any glitches and never any hiccups and never anything go wrong right but that's not going to happen exactly 
I am so glad you said that one because most people, when, when I say I'm an organizer, they're like, oh, my gosh, your house must be perfect. And I'm like, it's not. Organizing is quite different. It's being able yeah. to find what I need when I need it. It doesn't matter if I have piles of paper. It's how to be able to pick it up right away. And, of course, it's freeing because you're not being organized because somebody showed you this picture in the magazine and says that's it because that actually gives me more anxiety. So you have to organize <laughs> for what works for you. Yes, I know. Right. I know. But yeah. I am organized, but my house looks messy sometimes. And that's right. okay. And I think, yeah. I, I really liked um, uh, her last name is Provich, and I can't think of her first name right now, but her quote that said, you know, a Pharisee is somebody who wants to have it all look all very perfect and all be very awesome so that we can feel like we're superior. You know, and that's really not the goal. The goal, that's not no, the goal. No, it's not. And so let's go ahead and talk about the top five reasons why we would want to get more organized. If it's not going to lead to perfection, Lisa, then what's in it for me? <laughs> well, okay. Well, first of all, you want to be able to find things. You want to know where you left that receipt because you realize you wanted to return something. Or let's say this one, you needed your notes for a meeting you were getting ready to go into. Or let's just say you can't find that second shoe. That's one thing. And then it saves money. I mean, it does sound like a blah, blah, but I can't tell you how many people are doing repeat purchases because they can't mm. find what they need. I don't care mm. if it's cumin that you may only use occasionally in your pantry. The other thing is time. How much time you're wasting trying to find your keys in the morning? Where did you put your glasses? Where did you leave your phone down? And then the fourth thing becomes is if you feel organized, you're not stressed. You're not stressed because there's clutter everywhere because you can't find anything. And the other thing becomes, which is dun, da, 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 you feel productive. I mean, whether you own a business or you're a working mom or stay home, if you feel like you can check a couple of things off your list, you could get the kids out of the house and they have their lunch with them, oh, my gosh, you know. And those Absolutely. are your pretty much your reasons. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it doesn't have to be perfect in order. In fact, it won't be perfect in order for us to enjoy those. And I am a really organized person, Lisa. In fact, uh, while I was waiting for you to come online and while we were having our little issues, I was thinking, okay, I should start thinking about if I could teach all these points because <laughs> I knew you would be here if you could, but sometimes emergencies come up. So I was, I was thinking, you know, I am a very organized person, and this is something that maybe comes more naturally to me, and then I've developed that skill. But I know that some people listening are like, I just wish I could be organized. You know, I, I just don't, I don't have it in me, I don't think, to be organized. Or you started down the organizational path and gotten discouraged or, you know, side, sidetracked some way. You talk about three types of clutter and how they affect our path to organization. Can you go into that a little bit? Oh, that's really good. See, now here again, most people think of clutter, think about um, immediately they want to think about the house that looks perfect. And organizing, it's not about that. But when you think about your physical surroundings, yes, you do want to have some organization. I mean, just because you walk into a house and everything looks spotless, if the cabinets are cluttered, the closets are cluttered, and you can't find anything, then that does affect who you are. So some people, you walk in and think, oh, my gosh, your house is beautiful, and you're like, no, really, don't open up that cabinet. So that's one thing, and it does affect you. It affects how you can cook, how you get ready in the morning. 
But then there's that other thing called a calendar. And I, and I say the calendar broadly. I could also say the word time management. So it's whatever affects you. But what I found is you have two working parents, you know, you have the kids, and then everybody's involved in outside activities, whether it's soccer, ballet, piano lessons, and then you are trying to do a side hustle, and then you're trying to go to do a volunteer activity, and then you're trying to go to church, and you need somewhere along the line to do groceries because you can't cook because you have no food in the house and you can't find the stuff that's in your house. And so those are the two main things that people struggle with. But then there becomes this other thing that happens that, that our external surroundings are sometimes a result of what's going on inside. And sometimes it's, it's internally. It's sometimes people who they're struggling with different unforgivenesses, different mindsets, and, and how that plays into it is, for example, you're always doing things because you're trying to prove that you're okay. But you are okay. You don't have to do all that to prove you're okay. And sometimes people are always buying things because they're trying to fill a void in their life or they're depressed and they can't make themselves get up to clean. So those are the three types of clutter, and they are big subjects within themselves. Hmm. You talk about the surface-only organization, you know, and you kind of touched on it when you talked about the house that looks great when you walk in, but heaven forbid you should look in the closet. Um, right, right, right. Uh, what what is that surface only versus versus the deep the deep actually the deeper work of the organization? Well, the surface only is how you hide things and put it away. Some people happen to know how to close off rooms. They know how to close off doors, and it's just you're not organizing. You're just shoving it in. And in the same thing that goes on inside of us, it's how you're shoving things down just to have that smile on your face. But somewhere along the line, you have to think to yourself, okay, do I really want to keep living like this or do I really want to get organized for real or do I just want it to look pretty? Hmm. But you have to think about that. That has to be you. It reminds me of the story of the gal who, who just shoved every, you know, she just grabbed all the clutter People were at the door. She just slabbed all the clutter off the counter and stuck it in the in the oven. <laughs> and, oh my god! And then, oh my gosh. And then o- opened the door, and they had brought a pizza to bake. <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> my god! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah. I mean, you can do it. You can do it for so long, but it just it isn't gonna. It's not a long term solution to the challenge of getting organized. And. I do I do a training every every year around Christmas time on the uh, holiday planner. It's a it's a tr- strategies for getting organized for the holidays, and it's amazing. You know, I if somebody goes through that two hour program, I say for sure you can save two hundred dollars in twenty hours this holiday season by doing that program. And it's because of all the things we were talking about right at the beginning. You'll be able to find things. Definitely save time and money because you'll know what you're doing, why you're doing it, when you're doing it. It's less stressful more productive. And that's what all of this is about. And so when we're talking about this one, you know, how do you get beyond the surface and temporary organizational solutions? You do really have to uh, find out what's in it for you to do the work of it and then figure out the specific path, um, the specific path. You, you use the phrase 
that you call temporary surface only organization as getting my space organized and nothing else. What do you mean by that? Well, because a lot of times when people sometimes call me in to organize and I engage, I, I like to engage them in a conversation. I do have a background in theology as well. And so that's just sometimes just this natural tendency that I really want to know what's going on. I really want to know what the big picture is because sometimes that little mess that you're calling me in to organize is not really the mess. It it just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. There's been a reason that it's happened. And a lot of times when you kind of dig down and you find out there are things that are going on in the life that are stopping people from being able to get their space organized. And, and you have to ask those questions, well, what's really going on? Tell me what's happening right there. And what I mean is, is the excessive amount of stuff. Is, and why do they have the excessive amount of stuff? And are they filling a void in their life? And then, you know, why did it get to this place? And then sometimes there's a trauma that happens. And that's been a very surprising thing is that it's how people relate to these traumas, these difficult life situations, and these difficult challenges, and it's how they're responding. And so there's this thing, whether it's eating or shopping, you start collecting things to fill that void. And then it just gets out of hand, and then you have the anxiety and depression, and then you're just ignoring it. And that's what I mean about the space versus the space. So what is the opposite of getting my space organized and nothing else? Say that again? What is the opposite? Is getting my space organized and nothing else. What is the opposite of that? What's the goal? Well, the goal is to truly get things in order in your life in general. And so I'll give you an example, and this is a real-life story. And what happened is, and I see it time and time again, is so I went into one woman's house, and there was just clutter everywhere, and she said, I made the decision. I'm going to go ahead and donate these extra stuff to the women's shelter. And I said, okay. So I put a black trash bag in her hand, and I said, you ready? And as soon as I did it, she started sobbing. And she says, I don't know why I just remembered my daddy used to beat my mom and he gave us a black trash bag and said, we're leaving during the night. And so in her mind, she realized she was saving things because of that mindset of having to hold on to things. I've seen times where women have lost children and then it's like they couldn't control their circumstances. So now they're holding on to it. And a lot of people used to go back and say, oh, it had to do with World War II. And if you really do a lot of research and study, and what, if the question becomes is, what are you holding on to and why are you holding on to it? Because sometimes mm. disorganization is you have too much. It's too much clutter. And so what are you mm. holding on to? Why are you holding it? Mm. And it's mindset, it's activities, and it's tangible items. Wow. This is Marty Slepper. We're visiting today with Lisa Geisler of lisageisler.com, G-I-E-S-L-E-R. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk about the very first step to take, as well as why being organized is freeing versus confining. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. 
Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast fun and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. You're joining us for Marnie's Friends. We're talking today about getting it together, how to organize your life with our guest, Lisa Geisler. Lisa is one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. Be sure to check out her speaking availability as well as her website, lisageisler.com. Lisa, let's dive in then to what's the very first step somebody should take toward our new organized uncluttered life well you know i would say it's a baby step and so what i'll ask people is what becomes important and they're looking around at the whole situation and so if you're getting ready to have company over then you're kind of picking and choosing yes you may decide the living room is first i had one lady who the pantry had to be first because she said that she knew that her niece was going to come over and look in her pantry. (laughs) And it's a baby step. Don't think about the whole, some people it might be the junk drawer. It might be the closet. It's you deciding what space and don't think about anything else. Mm. So how do you, you, I I know how I do. I know I do. I know how I do that. <laughs> so, like for me, um, when I was a kid, I had this strange practice where I'd walk into my really, really messy room and I had to clean it. And so, what I'd do is I'd throw everything off my bed. I'd make my bed, then I'd throw everything onto my clean made bed, then I'd put it away from there. So, I had to have one thing really clean before I could clean the rest. Is that this principle? Oh, my gosh. That is so good. So when I'm getting ready to do a big writing project, so for me, it's the kitchen. That's my passion point, okay? So I want to make sure I will actually open up one of the drawers or cabinets and take everything out, throw away the trash, Sometimes I'll buy a new cute container and then put it back away, organize. And then I feel like I can breathe. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's taking now. And also for me, I have to clear my desk. It doesn't matter if I still have some piles, you pull it all off. But what happens is you get a bigger mess than before you get started because you have to pull everything out. And then, you know, and then from there you have to say, I'm not putting anything back away, you know. So for me, it's my kitchen. But for some people, it's their bedroom. I hate making my bed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I always know I always know my life is insanely busy if I'm not making my bed because I always make my bed. <laughs> but my, mom taught us, my mom taught us to start at the front door because that's where the guests would come in. So for her, that was the deal. She'd stand at the front door and she'd look around at everything she could see, and that's what she knew had to get done first before she could relax and do the rest of the work of preparing. Yeah, and it's going to be a journey for each of us. It's going to be our own journey, isn't it? Absolutely, because what is important to me, obviously for me it's the kitchen sink, 
and for you it's your it's your bed is not the same for somebody else. And that's always a surprise to me. We're all different people, so we're all going to have a different take on what organization means and yeah. what's important priority-wise. And the next point we were going to talk about is because a lot of people feel like um, or getting organized is really going to just really reduce their freedom. It's going to be very confining. It's going to feel like, oh, I can't breathe anymore. Um, why do you say that organization is freeing? Well, first of all, you have to say when they say it, they don't have time to get organized, but they're still complaining about. And I'm like, so how is this organization working out for you? And then it's kind of that laugh of, yeah, you're right. I'm not happy. I got too much going on. And and that's why it's freeing because deep down you're not satisfied with walking into your closet and you can't walk because there's no space. And so I've had women who we just get into that closet. It's like, you know what, you just need to take time on your calendar, like anything else, two to three hours and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And then once you do it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. I can see my floor. Look at my shoes. Oh, my gosh, I can find my clothes, you know. It's freeing yeah. because you can see mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I've learned along the way is that you have to focus on the job you're doing and not on all the other jobs that come up while you're doing the one job. And that's kind of hard even for me. Um, I'll find the box of pictures that uh, <laughs> we're supposed to go into the photo journals, you know, and then it's like, um, I really just want to do that right now, but then I lost all of my time to do the rest of the closet. So I have to really discipline my, my mind to just say, today's the closet. I can add these other things to my schedule or my list for later, but I can't do them right now. You see what you just said? That's important, is that when you're pulling it all out and you see things coming up, have a notepad handy that you write down that that's a little goal that you want to take care of. And so that way, when you write it down, that way you're not distracted and it's not into that squirrel, you know, the laundry, the diamonds, you know, ooh, shiny. No, write it down and keep focusing on what your project is. (laughs) And when I started uh, several years ago, God had me um, pray for the city I was living in uh, as of my part-time job. So about 20 hours a week, I was praying for my city. And when I started doing that, um, I got, I kept getting distracted by thoughts of things that I should be doing. And it came more to my thoughts, like you're wasting time. You should be doing blank and whatever the blank was really was an important job. It really didn't need to get done. And so what I realized was that God called me to do this prayer thing for a while for the city um, in this larger way. And so I had to stop getting distracted with these other thoughts. So I did just what you said. I grabbed a notebook, and I just would say to myself or whatever was talking to me, I would just say, that's true. That's really important. I'm going to write it down right here so I don't forget. (laughs) Then I would go back to praying. So whatever it is that we're doing, you know, our minds really just want to go anywhere else but there, anywhere else. But you know what? By you say it, and we'll use that as an example, is for someone is to say that's where it goes into the calendar and the time because then you have to say, well, this 20 hours, you're right, this is what I'm doing. So then let's say, for example, the 20 hours for you would be four hours Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 12 o'clock. So then you know then the rest of the day you could work on the other stuff on your list. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about that for a little bit, organizing our calendars. Um, everybody has their own. But, man, Lisa, it took me so many years to figure out a good calendar system, a good calendar and project task system. Uh, it took me many, many, many tries before I found a system that worked. You know what? I actually, um, I just finished my 2019 preparation, and I posted it on Facebook. And a couple of my organizer friends were like, oh, my gosh, Lisa, thank you for inspiring us. And so the next thing you know, um, there's several of us professional organizers in the Houston area. We'll be sitting down and creating our calendar system. Um, what I found is, first of all, you've got to find a calendar system that works for you, and you have to really understand if, Um, you are a paper person versus electronic and then understanding those learning types. And so for what I did is that I actually, I put all my appointments in my phone, but then there's all those other little things that have to happen in life. So I actually created in a paper calendar a journal kind of thing, and I wrote down, this is all the personal morning stuff that has to happen. This is the different categories, and I literally put it in this whole, like, one-week system, so I had this understanding of these are Monday tasks versus Sunday tasks versus Tuesday morning p.m., and that way it's right there. I've got a colorful paper clip on it, and that way each day as I'm getting my day started, I can just refer back and just keep moving along knowing what I have to take care of and what projects are coming up. Yeah. I always say a list of whatever kind you use, a list takes the million things that you have to do and narrows it down to the actual 122, which is still a lot. But, it's, right. you know, when it's in your head, it's too big. It's too overwhelming. Exactly. You are going to drop balls. You are going to forget things. And that's where I yes. think a lot of the stress comes is that that underlying knowing that I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm dropping a ball. I feel like I'm forgetting something. I don't know what it is. And it's amazing when you have a good calendar and list system going how that's not happening anymore. You may know that you're going to drop a ball, but you don't know. I mean, but you know that you're not going to just, you know, randomly drop balls without knowing which ones they are. Exactly. <laughs> it, no, no, that's exactly. It, it's, it's totally, I mean, it's totally true. It's like having it written down. But like I said, even going a step further of saying, morning routines, afternoon routines, weekend, mm-hmm. daily things, so that it, it, it seems a little bit more manageable, and then the projects and the appointments. And in my phone, is I put alarm systems on appointments that are happening. <laughs> so that way I mm-hmm. have a time to a science, you know, okay, that's getting ready to happen, roll. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, and it's so and one uh, other big it, thing, it, I have to say one go. big thing about calendars, is that people have to learn how to say no until they look at their calendars. If somebody says, hey, Marnie, do you want to help me on this project? It's going to be happening, you know, and they say something random. And you say, sure, I'd love to help. And then you go and you forget about it. You walk away, and now you've committed and you didn't remember, and that's how a ball can drop. So be careful about agreeing mm-hmm. to do anything until you have your calendar in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important. It's so important. I don't know for everybody, but for me, I have to write it down. I cannot just, even if it's a small thing, I have to write it down or it just gets lost in the lost in the shuffle. One of the things I wanted to go back to was that concept of that being organized is actually freeing versus confining. 
And there are different personalities listening to this show. And I know that some of you are like, I could never do that. You know, I could never get organized like that. Um, But I think that what I really love about having a plan, having a really good solid plan, is that it allows me to be flexible. Because I know what pieces there are and I know where the pieces are. And so that gives me so much flexibility compared to me um, just running at a project not planning it out, and then getting slammed all the time. I hate that. I hate that always the last, um, you know, people coming at you with these things that you hadn't thought about in advance, which is why I just love, I just love a really good plan. It lets me be flexible. I don't have to do the whole plan, but I know what the whole plan is. I tell you what, and that's where um, I've had to learn that when, it's like, it's like a project manager, okay? A project mm-hmm. manager, you have all the different tasks, and you have to have those master lists. You absolutely do. And it is freeing. It absolutely is. And it's understanding what needs to happen first, second, and third. Yep. And um, I, so I use, I use Google Calendar and I use Kanban or Kanban, whichever way you want to say it, flow.com. Uh, that's how I keep myself together. Lisa, you use, uh, what kind of calendar do you use? Okay, so I have a paper calendar, and um, I also have my iPhone calendar. Yep. The iPhone calendar is strictly for appointments. And then you have also a paper journal uh, of some type that keeps keeps track of your daily, weekly tasks, rotating tasks, the the ones that keep coming around. Exactly, and it's actually like a planner. It's a a physical Mm -hmm. planner. But you take in the beginning and you just write it all down in the beginning and then you can modify it as you're going through. <laughs> the journal is a, a total different thing. That's what I'm writing. <laughs> That's something else. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, well, we are going to take a quick little break here and come back and talk about how to declutter your internal spaces as well as why things always have to get messy before they get cleaner and an insider strategy for getting to sleep. We'll be right back. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. And welcome back. This is Marnie. You're joining us for Get It Together, How to Organize Your Life with guest today, Lisa Geisler of lisageisler.com. Lisa, let's go ahead and talk about the internal spaces. We touched on this a little bit earlier um, because a lot of times we do find that whatever's happening is being um, shown on the outside anyway. But how, do, how does a person begin to declutter internal spaces? That is a very big, loaded question. Um, I'll keep the Reader's Digest version. When um, (laughs) a lot of times in our life, uh, I had read a book years ago, and a lot of times people would say, um, you know, oh, I'm sorry or whatever, and they just blow it off. And what happens is that it's sometimes it's little offenses that you keep holding on to, whether it's something that somebody has really been mean 
or whether it's little things that people would say. And it could start as as child. It's those, you know, you talk too much, um, you have a big nose, um, you're not very smart, or um, the condemnation and the guilt that just keeps being piled on you. And somewhere along the line, it's like a closet that becomes overflowed, is that all of a sudden your internal start feeling that way. And, and everybody's going to be on a total different journey. But the biggest thing that I saw a video on, and it just hit me, was forgiveness. And they said, people will say, I can't forgive them. What they did was too horrible. And they, she said that if you don't cut the tie to forgive, then you are forever chained to them and chained to that mindset. And it's going to stay with you. And it was like, wow, that is so cool. And I really had to revisit it when my daddy passed. And I did have the opportunity to see him in North Carolina. But that is it. It is having forgiveness, forgiveness to whatever happened to you that was negative, that you started thinking of, like you'll say, well, why do I always feel this way? And it's having that quiet time and prayer, writing things down, and say, you know what, God, you need to take care of this for me. You need to help me so I can grow past this. Are there other things besides forgiveness that um, affect that? I, I say forgiveness as one big one. Um, I just recently read that they were talking about um, um, women and what women believe. And so, for example, if somebody always said to you, if nobody ever comes up and says to you, you know what, you're enough, you, you're, you look pretty, you're smart, you know, and, and, but if nobody ever says that, then it's about the self-esteem of, well, well what does God think of me? And almost to have to this place to say, I'm okay with who I am. You have to be okay with who you are. It is going to be those moments. And I'd say people need to read and just really to kind of just be reflective so that when these negative thoughts pass, to just stop, take that thought captive, take that negative thought and say, okay, let's look at it and what does it mean? And, and then how can I do the opposite of it? What does God say about it? Is that really me? So where does hopelessness come in? Hopelessness comes in is that there are times where we have these um, unrealistic expectations of what we think life is supposed to be. We think, like some people say, Facebook, fake book. And you just feel like things are never going to get better. It's just, And you just feel hopeless because you think your life should look a certain way. And it's not looking that way. But yet, one thing that I came to as well is somebody told the story of Joseph one time, and, they, and I never heard of it this way, because you always think of the story of Joseph is he had to forgive his brothers. But what it was was they said for every pit that he encountered brought him to the next level, meaning that if his brothers would have never sold him into slavery, he would have never got to the place where he could save his family during the famine. And that's, that's obviously, it is a biblical story. But yet, I think about my own life. Had my mother not passed, then my husband and I wouldn't have started going to another church. Had my husband and I not bought this other house in New Orleans, we would have never got to place to where we lost it or almost lost it to then move to Houston. When I moved to Houston, had my best friend not got killed, 
I would have never started my business. And so when you start thinking about being caught in those cycles of hopelessness, it's stopping and saying, no, what good is happening in me and my life? And then to trust the next levels. Hmm. These are definitely good wrote, things, I know. <laughs> no, I know. I, uh, God gave me a song last year. I was uh, stayed with my mom for four months. I'd be with her for 12 days and home for two days and back for 12 days for four months. We did that as she was losing her mind to dementia. And um, there was a day that I was driving somewhere uh, without her, and I was just so desperate for God. I was like, this is so hard. <laughs> this is so difficult. And he just put this little song into my head, and it's just this little ditty, and it says, you take me higher, higher, higher to a plane with a brand-new view. You take me deeper, deeper, deeper into love and dependence on you. And I just started singing that over and over and over and over and um, just getting in my spirit that it's always like that, you know. And, in fact, that's kind of the next thing we were going to talk about. Why do things always have to get messy on the journey toward getting better? It's like we would not have planned it that way. I wouldn't have personally. (laughs) Well, you know, know, when I was writing my second book, I was going through menopause, and, and that's what was happening. It's all these old memories and thoughts and beliefs were just dumping out. I felt like I was losing my mind. I was an emotional mess, and it just kind of came to me that it was like a closet. You, you've got to pull it all out because you have to see what's in there. You have to pull it out. That means that the room's going to be a mess. The closet's empty. And then now what are we going to do? It's like in our emotions and our thought processes. Well, now we have to decide what are we not keeping that we're not using. It doesn't bring us joy. What am I keeping? And then it's how you take those things and thoughts and memories and you put them in the cute containers and you put them in the cute boxes and then you put them back in your closet to retrieve them when you need them. And it is just what it's going to be. And then now you have to bag up the trash, bag up the stuff that you're not keeping and get rid of it. I have a funny story. I have the best mother-in-law ever. (laughs) Her and I are just such good friends, and she's just been such a godly influence in my life. I feel very blessed to have her as my mother-in-law and we both are able to remember the one time in 35 years of being married to Dave the one time that her and I had a little tiff and it lasted for about five minutes but uh, what happened was that she had been working in one they'd come to visit and she was doing a project downstairs and I was working up in the kitchen and I was um, getting getting supper ready and just making a big mess how you do when you're uh, cooking and um she she walked into the kitchen and she just carelessly whatever care care carefreely I should say uh, said <laughs> well you sure do make a mess <laughs> and she didn't mean anything by it other than it was a mess <laughs> it was but I took that so to heart and I felt like wow yeah. I'm just trying to make supper you know why did you why do you want to say I'm making a mess. But the reality is that we have to kind of come to a point where we embrace the mess. We just recently went through a whole house renovation, especially the kitchen and the bathrooms were so nasty to have renoed. And I always say I hate remodeling, but I love the end result. And you have to, in order to get to that end result, you know, you have to go through that part of it where 
you don't have a kitchen, you don't have running water, you don't, you know, you don't have electricity for a couple of days or however long. And it's just all part of the process in order to get things better. And I think that this is where yes. a lot of us lose hope on the journey, whether it's getting organized or toward any major project or goal. Uh, we lose heart when it looks messy. You know what? My husband had was laid off for about um, 21 months. And, um, and somewhere toward the end, right before he actually got hired, I just felt like I was in despair. And, and yeah. I just kind of had this prayer. I said, you know, they say it's always darkest before dawn. And I said, you know, God, I'm pretty sure that it's 5.45 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so I had to kind of laugh at myself. But it is true. If you just kind of hang in there, find that little spot of positive, and then that the solution, the finished product, it's there. It is coming. It is coming. And if you think back through your life, and this is for anybody listening, not just me, not just you, if you think that we've all been through those times where we thought we can't go another step, and then a breakthrough occurs. And so I have to remind myself, okay, Lisa, relax, chill out, you know, it's going to be okay, just take a breath, let's look at the positive, you know, God's going to come through, and guess what? He might not come through the way we think. Right. Yeah, but I I mean, just a a couple years ago, God really convicted me that my hope was was being placed in in things other than him and that nothing was ever going to be able to bear the weight of my hope. My hope is huge. I mean, I have... I have hopes and I have dreams and, you know, I have expectations. And, and I was just really convicted a few years ago that Jesus is the only one in whom I should ever hope. Because when I'm hoping that my husband does this wonderful thing for me or I'm hoping that my kids will turn out like this or that or I'm hoping, uh, all of these things are, are uh, they take um, they take energy and they take from me, but they don't have the capacity to give back what I truly need. Whereas when all yeah. my hope is in Christ, um, I have this amazing uh, reality that I get to receive exactly what God wants to give me. And like you said, sometimes it's not what I'm looking for. But when my hope has been in Christ, <laughs> then whatever he gives me back, it's exactly the right thing. And I'm ready to receive it. And there's so much joy in that. We're going to take a quick break here and talk, uh, come back talk about, oh yeah, the insider strategy for getting some sleep. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Also, a simple habit to adopt yet today and the power of accountability plus when to call in reinforcements. We'll be right back with Lisa. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow his life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. You're joining us today at Marnie's Friends for some getting organized strategies with our guest Lisa Geisler. Lisa, welcome back to you. Let's go ahead and give everybody the insider strategies we were going to talk about, uh, how to get to sleep and what to do in the morning to get going. Oh my gosh. I 
stumble across music accidentally. And I mean music as far as getting us to sleep. As um, I was recovering, I had had, um, and had a little surgery, and, you know, you have trouble sleeping, and sometimes I do a lot. And I had my headphones on listening to some music. It was a little, I actually had some songs from the radio, you know, some iTunes I downloaded, and it was playing it loud. And the next thing I know, I went fast asleep. And I thought, well, that's really weird. And it just started happening, just playing music, and then I just fall asleep. And I actually talked to a doctor one time, and she said it made sense because sometimes when we're having trouble sleeping, is we're worrying and thinking about too many things. And when you put music on, your mind is only focused on the one thing, and it helps to fall asleep. Crazy, huh? But it worked. Interesting. That's interesting. How about waking up? Oh, we'll see. That's good, too. Okay, so another thing, too, is that, you know, waking up, for me, my husband has the pot of coffee preset, so I know that when I wake up, I press the button. I have to have coffee to get going. Um, I don't want to talk to anybody, you know. I don't want to eat coffee, okay? So that's my thing. Some people, it might be a Diet Coke. But I also found that a lot of us claim we don't have time to exercise. That's where music comes in. So here again, it's creating a little music list in your iTunes account or whatever. And I find that here again, bumping up for me loud, you start dancing. And the next thing you know, you're kind of exercising. And you're running in place and you're jumping and you're doing kicks and stuff like that. And you got the music going on. And guess what you've just done? You have exercised and listened to music and you feel powerful and you got a smile on your face. Bam. <laughs> Bam. Done. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to share mine. So when I'm going to sleep, um, I, I usually don't have any trouble with this. Actually, I usually just lay down. And I just ask God, how is it with us today? And he either says, great, or else he says, there's something I need to talk to you about. And uh, we just deal with that, and then I'm asleep, just boom. But when I travel, especially internationally, and there's a lot of, um, uh, like, uh, jet lag or uncertainties going on like that, then I have a little heart attack. And so I have created, actually, a tape. It's a scripture memory tape, and it's set to music, Lisa. And so uh, I, I put that on uh, in my headsets when I'm going to sleep, and it's amazing how soon wow. I just uh, fall into sleep into the arms of Jesus. And I use their very familiar verses that I've memorized over the years, and so it's just like kind of wrapping up in a real comfy, blanky, um, you know, and just it's, it brings so much peace to me, and, and that's awesome. Uh, it's amazing how well it works. That's what I think. And then in the mornings, uh, years ago, I was having so much trouble I was having so much trouble having a quiet time with God, and I had given him the top ten, which came oftentimes when the kids were teeny, that oftentimes came as soon as I laid them down for naps. I had, especially my second daughter, I could never get up ahead of her. (laughs) Whenever she heard a peep, she was awake, and that was the end of my quiet time in the morning, which didn't happen. So I would just, I just promised God my top ten, but then... Um, that was sometimes midday, and I, I really wanted to start the day with Jesus, so I just adopted the habit of before I even open my eyes, I just kick into the Lord's Prayer, except a real personalized version, which typically goes, you know, something along the lines of, good morning, Daddy. 
How are you today? I'm so glad that you're up in heaven and you're not stuck down here in all of the stuff that I'm going to be stuck in today, but I'm glad that you're with me and that you have eternal perspective. And I just talked to him like that. And then I sometimes will fall back to sleep a couple times before I finish that. And I get up, put on my spiritual armor as I'm getting dressed and uh, showering and all that kind of thing. And so by the time I'm dressed in my day clothes, you know, whether that's after exercise or before, um, that is... I'm also spiritually dressed by that time, which is just, it's been a wonderful morning routine for me. And it's taken a lot of the sting out of mornings for me, which I, which I really love so much. We're coming to the end here. I want to get to these last couple things too. Um, what is the simple habit that we can adopt yet today? I always say to people, it is about journaling. It's about writing. And most people say, well, that's not, I, I, I just, I can't, I, I don't have a I can't do it. You know, they'll give whatever reason. Well, first of all, find one notebook. Don't journal in several notebooks. One notebook. And for me, my journaling is right by my bedside with my Bible and anything else that I happen to be reading. And you make it part of your daily morning. And to me, mine could be just something of, um, like you said, good morning, good morning, God, mm-hmm. or thank you for the day, God or this is what I dreamed about, or this is what, but it's just a simple habit, just simple. And there's days where I don't really have much to say, but hey, God, and then there's times I might write pages. And actually, that's how I was able to write both of my books and working on my third book. It's just writing. Wow. Yeah, right. The to-do list. But I, I find journaling, too, to be very freeing. And I do a lot of journal prayers with God. Um, just earlier today, I had I had some really hard words given to me, and they kind of you know when you get um, when you get applause that's awesome, but when you get the hard words that's not so fun, and they kind of yeah. took the breath out of me, and I was yes. kind of just struggling to keep going. You know how you get focused on those words, and so I just grabbed my journal, and I just talked to God about it. It's like God, this really hurts. <laughs> where did this come from? And yeah. um, it was just so wonderful to do that. And he led me to a couple of scriptures. I just thought of, you know, go and read this one. And in fact, I wonder if I can find it right now because it shouldn't be, shouldn't be more than five or six pages back. I don't think. Here we go. Hebrews two seventeen and eighteen. And I just wrote down here, um, you came number one to bear my sins. And then number two, to comfort me anytime I'm tried or tested. And I just got tears in my eyes as I wrote that because I was like, wow, that's right. Um, you know, Jesus paid such a high price to be able to come and comfort us. And when we go to the journal, when we go to prayer um, with him, boy, we can really be healed. We can really be ministered to. And that's hours ago now. And the whole rest of the day just, you know, went on. Actually, actually it was better than if it hadn't happened. <laughs> because yeah. it drove me yeah. to Jesus, you know? And and it's just yeah. such a beautiful thing. Yeah, I love journaling. I, I use my journals. Actually, I go through a lot, a lot of journals because I use them for everything. I prayer journal in them as well as um, write Bible study notes, as well as write ideas and, you know, plans and, you know, graphs and all kinds of things. Mine are just uh, mine are just life lived. That's what that's what mine look like. But it's all you know, it's all combined into one. And and some people have separate books for all of those different things. But for me, that's what works. I think what's yeah. so cool about about this is you know, or getting organized as well as just life in general is that we're all completely unique. 
and no two people will do it exactly like, even if they've gone through the same very structured program to learn how to do something, no two people will ever do it alike. And that's Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. So what is the power of accountability? Oh, my gosh. That is – okay, so – it is accountability can be in whatever area of life you want it to be in. So, for example, you know, the Weight Watcher type program, accountability for people who want to watch how they eat. Business mentors, I have an accountability person because, you know, I can organize, I can do all this stuff and minister, but, you know, I needed somebody to hold me accountable to how to run a business and run ideas. Bible study groups. You know, the same core group of ladies that you meet in time in, time in, and that way they're helping you to stay accountable. So the accountability group is as personal as what you need, but everybody needs it. We should not be an island. That's not how God created us. That was something that happened in the United States, believe it or not, of living what they called on estates, the property, and people started becoming disjointed as they moved out into the suburbs, and we weren't meant to live like that. And so it is important to find whoever you do in whatever arena in life that that's the person that you touch base with. And may I add slightly, one of the things that I've done, even when I was on staff at the church years ago, is I make a habit that if somebody's name comes into my mind or heart, I'm going to send a text message that's just going to say, hey, they're thinking about you. Simple. Because that's powerful. So what that does is not only does it help them to know, hey, somebody's thinking of them, but it also puts them on my mind too. So it's a way that I stay accountable as well. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, Janet Johnson in her book, um, Enjoy the Presence of God, talks about to think of you is to pray for you. And just when that name comes, like you say, you know, shoot a text or even just lift a prayer if you're driving or something and, and just actually actually engage with that person in some way when the thought comes. I, I think that's how God gets our attention, actually, is he puts thoughts in our mind. Um, you know, I, I remember one day I was, I was just thinking, thinking about uh, my friend Katie and just started praying for her. And later it was that day that they'd had an explosion in the mission ki- kitchen. And um, there, she had one small burn, but otherwise no one was injured. It did, it did tremendous wow. damage. And it was, a, it was a propane tank that hadn't been closed completely. And it should have done, you know, it should have really hurt somebody. But God is so powerful. And he taps us and he gives us these names. He gives us these thoughts. These, uh, oftentimes it comes in a form of worry. And that he's just asking us, do you want to partner with me on this one? Because I have a reward for you if you'll come and be my be my girl right here. Yeah, <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's where when you journal and you write it down, because there's a scripture yeah. in the Bible when he talks about write it, make it clear, and then when the stones could be that memorial. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So when is it time to call in reinforcement? You know what? Unfortunately... Most people are suffering in silence, and they're trying to do it on their own because they have this mindset that it's a weakness to call in reinforcement. And I would say to anybody right now listening, start now. 
Find that person that you know and trust, one single person, and just to start opening up who you are in your heart in whatever the area that you're dealing with. It's the person that you know that you can trust in that area. And don't let too much time go by. Make that conversation of, hey, you know, can we check in? Can we have coffee together? Can we have a quick phone call? Make that, get that one person, and God will show you who it is. And don't think, and don't try to decide who it's going to be, because I've seen in my own life that God has brought in very surprisingly different faces to what I thought was going to be my mentor. Mm. That's cool. Well, we are at the end of the hour. Lisa, this has been amazing. You've shared so much great stuff. And you guys want to be sure to visit her website, Lisa Geisler, G-I-E-S-L-E-R.com. Lisa, when they go, I love your website, by the way. When they go over there, what are they going to find? <laughs> when you go on my website, you're going to see the different services that I offer. Because it's not just hands-on organizing. It's life transitions. It's just this whole big picture of what's going on in your life that can help you to become organized in all areas. And so you'll see some pretty pictures, and you'll see a link to my YouTube, and um, you can find me on all kinds of social media outlets. But the biggest thing, go to my website, sign up, call me, talk to me, send me a text, say hi. And don't be afraid to ask the questions. For people to work with you, do they need to be in the Houston area, or do you do some online oh, work? No. I do. I'm actually on-site or virtually, or I fly. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so whatever your organizational needs are, think of Lisa's website again, lisageisler.com, G-I-E-S-L-E-R-O.com. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. What a delight. Oh, my gosh. Likewise, this was the best. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. And you guys want to make sure to go visit Lisa over at her website or over at womenspeakers.com. She's one of our featured speakers over there. And uh, there's also a bunch of other speakers over there that you would like to check out if you have a need for a speaker. And also coming up here to the holidays, if you are in need of some holiday organization, check out the Holiday Planner over at www.marnie.com. That is a program that includes the downloadable planner as well as the Beat the Date calendar, the All the Baking Day Get Done in One Day program, as well as online um, little clips that you can uh, get encouragement and training from, insights into how to do it faster and better and more enjoyably for a peaceful holiday season this year. It's been so great to be with you this afternoon, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for all of you who host us, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. See you next time on Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye.